Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is BGN Radio. Welcome to This Week in Fantasy. Don't just think about a fantasy tonight. Pick <clears throat> No, um. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll take Toby Gerhardt for Matt Forte, you son of a... That's more like it. It's This Week in Fantasy. With Tony Casali from FFToolbox.com, James Seltzer from RotoWire.com, and your host, this guy sucks, John Barchard. And that's right, we are back. We finally made it to this week in fantasy. Welcome back, everybody. It is never too early to talk about fantasy football. We have hit the NFL dead zone, so we figured, why not? Why not get into some fantasy talk while we can? There's nothing going on with the Eagles. Uh, but we all thank you very much for coming back uh, for another season uh, right here on BGN Radio. And, of course, uh, well, fellas, uh, welcome back. It's been a long time. What's up, Johnny? Excited to be back, my friend. Oh, Johnny, I've missed you. Jimmy, I've missed you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so uh, we're going to we're gonna get in just to, to a few things. We'll keep it uh, nice and light. I'm not sure how long we'll go, but who knows? We could get on a, on a crazy, uh, you know, QB tangent here, but. Um, of course, you know, obviously philosophy wise, I think we all, for the most part, pretty much agree. And again, especially this year, just to wait on the quarterbacks. It's kind of the, you're going to get into the same thing every year where there's going to be tons of great value. And maybe we can even touch on that fellas, if you want to, cause that's something we didn't, we didn't bring up when we were talking off air. But, um, uh, what I want to talk about first, and James, we'll start with you is just the impact of, of the two main rookie quarterbacks here, Winston Mariota, uh, the truest Eagle, of course, as we all know, but, uh, you know, how, how, how are you feeling as far as their value, what they can bring, uh, to, uh, you know, your fantasy lineup this year. And l- let's have you start with Winston. Cause I think that's, that's a pretty interesting one. What's your overall feel with, uh, going in, uh, as Winston, your number one QB. Yeah, I don't think you want to do that. I don't feel particularly positive about either of their prospects for this season. I think long-term Winston's definitely going to be a a fantasy monster. 
Um, uh, you know, he's obviously got good receivers there to throw to, especially him and Mike Evans could certainly develop a uh, quite a relationship. But uh, for this year, I just don't think there's enough offense there. I think he's going to struggle behind that line a little bit at first. Um, I think ultimately he'll be good, but uh, I, I don't expect a lot this year. Maybe second half of the season, certainly worth a stash, but definitely not as your number one. And I feel significantly more positive about him than I do about Mariota. So, or Mariota. So, uh, I, I'm, I don't even think Mariota is really worth owning in a redraft league. Yeah, I mean, again, it goes down to redraft league versus keeper league. They're going to get drafted in your league. These rookie quarterbacks that are going to be starters almost always do end up getting drafted in your league. I don't know if I'm going to be the guy to do it uh, unless they fall very far. Again, this is a question of whether or not you're going to be. Uh, you know, a keeper league where you're going to be holding on to a whole pile of players. Some keeper leagues, you just hold on to one or two or three dynasties, whatnot. Then, yeah, absolutely. I'm a little bit higher on Dennis Winston. Um, I, I think part of the problem with the early, early uh, going for, for somebody like a Mariota is the, the team around him right now. You know, it, you know, is Justin Hunter going to turn out to be the guy that we were hoping he would be last year? Is Kendall Wright really the guy? They've got some rookie help there, and then they've got, you know, big body Hakeem Nicks, who theoretically can get some stuff done. I don't believe in their running game yet. I don't think they have the right people there. So, yeah, no, it, it's going to be really tough for somebody like Mariota to, to come out of the gate really strong and, and be worth, uh, you know, anything within the first 12 rounds of your draft. Yeah, and and speaking of that and just going on to that, and Tony, I'll come back to you on this one. Just for the second year, guys, too, now they've had a chance to – uh, kind of get there. Derek Carr actually, I, I think is is going to uh, maybe have a little step up in in your fantasy lineup this year. I think putting him with Amari Cooper is is fantastic, not only in real life but also for your fantasy lineup. Uh, you know, in Bortles, Bridgewater, all that stuff. Any of those guys uh, feeling uh, confident in your lineup this year? Yeah, well, I, I like where you're going right there uh, uh, off the top there with Carr. I- you know, I, I'm not the only one, and you're not the only one. I mean, we've hear, heard people talking about how, how nice of a little season he had there, and if only he had a little bit of consistency, then maybe we could be, you know, looking at something. And Oakland making the right choice there, going out and grabbing Amari Cooper, going in the offseason, grabbing, uh, you know, Michael Crabtree. I'm not, you know, certain that he's going to be, uh, you know, uh, at his I, – I don't know that Michael Crabtree's the guy, but as the number two receiver – with Amari Cooper there, I think he can have a really, uh, you know, uh, some success there. Uh, and also Teddy Bridgewater. How can you not like Teddy Bridgewater? You like his situation now. You know, I've never been a huge Mike Wallace guy, but now that, uh, you know, now that they've got Adrian Peterson back, they're going to have to have extra people in the box. Mike Wallace is going to break some plays. He's got the speed. All he has to do is run really fast and put his arms out, and I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to get an extra <laughs> five or seven touchdowns just because of that. Uh, if Cordell Patterson, Cordell Patterson can get it together, uh, then maybe something else nice can happen there, but I'm not really counting on him. It doesn't seem like anybody else on the, the staff there is counting on him either. So, you know, you got Mike Wallace and you got Kyle Rudolph. I think Teddy Bridgewater can have a nice big bump from last year. Yeah, I like Bridgewater. You forgot Charles Johnson, too, who kind of broke I out did, over the I last did. four games of the season last year. 
Um, so yeah, I like Bridgewater a lot. He was really good on deep throws in the second half of the season last year. So I feel good about Bridgewater. Certainly of that group, he would be my top guy and obviously not a runner, but, but is mobile somewhat may add you, you know, 20, 30 yards on the ground, which is, you know, a nice two or three points to get. So I definitely like Bridgewater the most, uh, Carr, there's definitely some upside there. He can throw. Uh, and obviously Cooper is the best receiver I'll have played with even as a rookie. Uh, but I certainly think that Bridgewater is is tops among that group. And just overall, James, I know we've kind of talked about this a lot, and we've you know it's we we keep it Philly here, and that's that's something that we're all we're all kind of glued into. But um, just overall, you you noticing anything uh, as of now? And and this is granted we're you know, we're in July, so things things change during uh, you know training camp and off season and all that other stuff. But as of now, I've noticed you know Sanchez isn't getting drafted in most leagues if you're doing it real early. Um, there's not a lot of people taking Bradford. So off the top of the bat, uh, I think Bradford is a, a huge, huge, uh, or a, a very valuable quarterback uh, later on in your drafts. Um, is there any other guys that kind of stick out towards you who might fall, who will have those kind of bust-out years this year? Well, I, I'm with you on on Bradford or Sanchez, whoever the Eagles QB is. I think it's crazy that people aren't taking. I mean, I guess I understand if you're in a 10-team league and you really only need one quarterback if you've got a you know top-of-the-line guy. Not a ton of backups get taken, but if I drafted Bradford, I would just draft Sanchez as well as my backup and just have the Eagles quarterback situation because – they put up points. They put up, you know, they put up yards. They get in the end zone. Uh, Chip's going to throw the ball a lot. He's going to run it as well. He's going to run as many plays as he can. So uh, I would feel good about a Bradford Sanchez combo. I, I think that's kind of a a solid move. Uh, as far as other guys who could break out, that I don't love that general tier of people around Bradford, the Staffords, the Kaepernicks, uh, you know, Carson Palmer's in uh, Bridgewater is really in there. I, I like Bridgewater, but I think Bradford certainly offers the most upside of that tier of quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, I've got a, I've got a handful of players that I'm starting to really, you know, it's just that, that part of the year where you're starting to get really excited about a couple of, about a couple of players. I, I think that we're going to see some really good things out of, out of Bradford. I'm, I have no problem drafting Bradford where he's going. I, I suspect though, as the preseason gets going, his numbers will start showing up, and he's not going to fall quite as far as we were hoping. Uh, I think that, you know, there's there's people. I think Matthew Stafford's going to continue to to play a little bit better. He had 14 picks last year; was a little bit much, but everybody still sort of discounts him. And he was, you know, two years ago he was the fifth overall quarterback, and he felt like the eighth or ninth overall quarterback taken. Now this year, I think he might even fall a little bit farther than that, but I think he's still got the the talent around him, and I'm still a, a big fan of Golden Tate, and I think that that team's actually going to do pretty well, at least at least quarterbacking wise. I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna be able to overtake Green Bay, um, but but I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of Matthew Stafford right now this year, and I think Ryan Tannehill is going to make another leap forward. He's got his big contract, but I don't think that's going to slow him down. I don't think he was playing for his contract within his plan because he's a you know, he's one of those kind of players. He's the kind of guy you can get behind. I think they've got a, a lot of people fighting to get uh, starting time at receiver over there now, including some top rookies. So I think that uh, I think Ryan Tannehill is going to make another step forward. Yeah, I like uh, I like Tannehill's value as well as as far as just everything they're kind of building building around down there. But uh, yeah, I, I it's it's gonna. I'm not so I'm not so high on the on the Stafford thing again. I know that there was. I think he went way too high, kind of overall last year, and he really disappointed. 
really, really disappointed. So I, I, I'm still kind of very much wait and see on, on what's happening there. And I can't, I can't really, I, I can't, I, well, I see a regression. I see a regression of the mean. I think what's going to happen is people are going to kind of be pissed off at him from last year. And I think he's going to end up falling. And that's where the value comes in. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. I, I do agree with you on that. And one of the things that I kind of started to play around with in my own league, and one thing that I think is is almost absolutely necessary this year, we brought it up about the same time last year, the zero running back theory. And now it doesn't mean necessarily don't take any running backs. It's just basically saying don't take don't start taking running backs until about the seventh or eighth round. Um, and I know there's a lot there's a lot of ins and outs, and a lot of people are down with that. There's you know also the QB streaming, which I'm starting to become a fan of as well. But overall, James, when you look at this rookie class that's coming in here, and you kind of see who's shifted, McCoy's shifted over. You got uh, you know AP coming in. There's a lot of uh, just a, it seems to me that there are a lot more running backs this year that can really help your fantasy lineup. And this is one of the years where I think I, I'm with it. You know, I am very much down with not taking a running back until very late, and I'm I'm going to make that play this year. But I just want to go over that with you because you look at Todd Gurley, who right off the bat, I'm not very high on Melvin Gordon, Yeldon, Abdullah, Coleman, Duke Johnson. Like I think these are all guys that will be in the mix, and you can get them late. So uh, I'm fine with taking the Mike Evans and basically the entire rookie wide receiver class from last year before I'm taking. Pretty much anybody else on the board here, and I don't know if you're—I don't know if you're down with that this year, James. How are you feeling about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree to a point. I, I think that I think that when you go seventh, eighth round, it gets to be tough. I don't even think you're going to get the guys you mentioned that late. You know, guys like Gurley's going to go before that. Yeldon, uh, Gordon, those guys will all go well before the seventh or eighth round. So. Yeah, no, I, I not not in play. It just in a vacuum. Not no. I'm just mean. Right, right. No, I get it. I, yeah. I, I. I I never feel comfortable doing it com- that completely, but I would be willing to make my first four picks or five picks non-running back and stack up there and then just pound running back for four or five rounds. I mean, that's a, that's a doable philosophy. I mean, we see it happen every year where running backs kind of bounce out of nowhere and, and, you know, look, CJ Anderson is a, is a top 10 guy, you know, right? He, no one ever heard of that guy before. Um, so yeah, I think it certainly works, but it, it, there's still a lot of, of variability there and, and a lot of luck needed. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I did some of that zero running back stuff. And I think what happens is you have to be incredibly comfortable. Then if you're waiting until the seventh, eighth round of just loading up on running backs, because a lot of these guys are going to be, swings and misses and that's just you know part of the game you're going to understand that if you're drafting that late that if you take five running backs in seven rounds between the eighth and you know 13th or whatever that three of these guys aren't going to amount to anything right so if you want to be you know incredibly comfortable with the rest of your team you're going to have to load up i think i'm probably still more comfortable with taking a running back somewhere in the first two or three rounds uh and then my rb2 can be this you know malleable position where, you know, I get somebody like Joseph Randall late because I think he's probably going to take over the job from, uh, uh, in Dallas. Uh, if you want to grab somebody like, you know, Niall Davis or Trey Mason, because you think he's going to be, he's going to get the full, you know, workload in the first five, six, seven weeks of the year, uh, before Gurley gets himself healthy and he's got the job to go with him and you can get him late. 
but I still think that I'm probably going to take in most of my leagues a running back in the first three rounds and just lock in that first position so I don't have to worry about it. Because what happens is you wait until that seventh, eighth round and you don't have a running back. All of a sudden you get this weird feeling in your stomach. Then you get a little nervous, you get a little sweaty, and then you just start taking running backs indiscriminately round after round after round. And you're actually passing up on some pretty good value players, but you can't afford to take them anymore because you need all of the running backs. So I think it takes a real steady hand. You need to have ice water in your veins to be able to do something like that. Frankly, I don't know if I've got it. I don't know if I've got the stones to, to wait until the seventh, eighth round to take a running back in a league that I care about. Yeah, and I, I again, I think it... Well, it definitely varies with comfortability, especially of of what league you're in. I think if you're in a keeper league, it's a little different. I think if you're in a, like James was saying, if you're in a 10-team league, I mean, it probably really doesn't matter who you pick in a 10-team league. But, you know, you get into that 14 14 area, maybe not so much. Well, maybe even more so if you're in a 14, uh, you know, person league or more at that point. But, again, I just look at all these things that, that could hit, and I'm just going off of ESPN's rankings here real quick of, you know, just the 25th overall running back is Andre Ellington. Giovanni Bernard, Rashad Jennings, you know, those guys are still down there. Uh, Ryan Matthews, who's here in Philadelphia, that, I think that can be a major contributor to your lineup. Duke Johnson's down there. Uh, Bishop, Bishop Sankey, yeah, probably not feeling too comfortable with that one. Maybe Doug Martin, maybe, uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm actually not that high on Joseph Randall late, so if the, I, I would say pretty much anybody else but him that, I, I am not confident in that's who he plays for Dallas. Actually, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna overtake Darren McFadden to the starting job behind one of the best offensive lines in football. So if you can get him twenty eighth, or if you don't want him twenty eighth, I will take him in a league that we are in together. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying like, oh, he's not gonna. You know, he's gonna suck out right. I'm just saying both of that backfield is so up in the air. I, I'm I'm fine with exactly what, if he's part of the you know the three or four guys that you're snapping off there. That's that, that's fine. I, I I'm not I'm not relying him on on as an RB two. I think Frank Gore is another candidate for this that could uh, again fall and fall and fall. I think and Frank fall. Gore, old as he is, is going to end up going a little bit earlier than that. It could be. Well, he's he won't be, he won't, he's not there. He's in the top twenty. So, uh, uh, but uh, just overall, I mean, like Justin Forsett still at sixteen. I think there's a lot of guys that could actually fall kind of right into your lap there. And I'm 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 just especially if you're in a PPR league, I'm much more to take. Take those wide receiver studs, and I know we say that um, you know to, to, to deal. That's that's kind of been our mantra for the most part with quarterbacks. So why not again? Why not do it with running backs? It's the same. It's the same issue. Um, it, you're just kind of trading. I think you're just trading off. You know what? Whatever kind of deficiency your team might have there. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm really really on board with that. And um, I don't know, James. Are you, what's the what's the besides actual you know the best part about fantasy football is off the draft day and all this other stuff. Is there anything else that's just off your mind that you're, 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 uh, you can't wait to get to like, is it the mock drafts? Is it the, uh, you know, the, the cowering through millions of scouting reports and checking roto wire every day or what's, uh, what, what's kind of, what are you looking forward to now? John, it's a good question. <laughs> if you, if you, you made it seem, you made it seem like we do a lot more, uh, work on this stuff than we actually do, which is good. No, this is just for, um, for fun. Yeah, no, we don't. No, we yeah. Um, no, I'm just excited to get back into it. I'm excited for draft season, you know, not necessarily just the drafts, but doing the mock drafts and, you know, seeing where players are ranked, having your own rankings, really just trying to find the the best strategies. Talking about zero running back, you know, theory today, like 
finding the best strategies, trying to have a good time. So I'm just excited to get going again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all of it. I, you know, I do, I do my my home league drafts in Las Vegas. So I mean, that's always a great time. We do two different drafts there. We're going to be, you know, we sit poolside. Uh, uh, you know run up a ridiculous bill and draft our fantasy football team. (laughs) It couldn't be better. I mean, you know, that's what it's about. You're hanging out with your friends. And that's why I just wrote an article about what it means to be a commissioner and some of the best ways to be a commissioner. And what I've always, my philosophy was always to, if you can, if you can possibly do it, do a live draft. It doesn't work for everybody. But, man, there is something about the look on the person's face when you steal the person they were about to draft or if you outbid them in an auction draft and watch them swear at you and throw ice cubes at you. And it's, there's something about that, uh, that, that I miss the day it's over, honestly. So, uh, the live drafts, that's what I look forward to by far the most. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime you can draft in Las Vegas, I'd always think that's a good time. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think, I I don't know. I think we almost kind of say this every year. It just seems like there is a, there's a lot of heat in the air for for this stuff. There's a lot of different variables, which which I like. There's a lot of different new uh, new players, new running backs, as we just you know, we're kind of talking about here. And we can debate rookie wide receivers again coming up this year. So that's always uh, a, a good, exciting thing. Well, I guess that should be the last thing, James. I mean, is it, are you expecting kind of the same maybe output as as some of the as the Evans and 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 the rest? I know we were kind of poo pooing that last year, but. You know, Devontae Parker, Mari Cooper, all those other guys, that seems like that has the potential to be studly almost right away. Yeah, you know, it used to be the old adage that that you didn't draft rookie wide receivers, they didn't contribute, and now it's been totally flipped on its head. I don't think we're going to see anything like Odell Beckham. I mean, that was, you know, once once in a lifetime almost, is he someone just come in and dominate the league at that level? Uh, You know, he's a top five wide receiver, right? I mean, it's insane. Um but I certainly think that the way the league is evolving and, and how prepared these kids are coming into the NFL out of college, that we're going to see more and more of this where rookie wide receivers have a legitimate impact in their rookie seasons. I think Parker is a good example down in Miami. It's a great fit there. Cooper, like we talked about, really the the only legitimate weapon in, in Oakland. Um, and, and, you know, of course, Kevin White down in Chicago with Cutler's got a huge arm. You know, Jeffrey on the other side to take some pressure away. It's certainly possible. I don't know if we'll ever see anything like last year that was just with so many guys between, you know, Evans and and Beckham and Benjamin and Watkins and Matthews. I mean, all these guys were legit. And that's just, you know, the tip of the iceberg. So I think it's going to continue to get better, but I, I don't know if we'll see like last year again. Tony, you changing your tune? Yeah, a little bit. Last year, I was the biggest proponent of. How, how you know ridiculous and silly it is to draft a first year wide receiver or tight end because they have a, such a steep learning curve and they're learning the route tree and it's a whole different offense and blah 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 and clearly um, I hope you edited all of that out before it aired last year. Yeah, actually, I deleted um, all the previous stuff, so actually nobody knows. That makes it makes it so much easier, and I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, I, yeah, the only guy that I would say that we have, and I do agree with James. I think that last year was special, and I do think that. That in general, uh, there will be an uptick, uh, you know, from from previous years. I don't know that we're going to see uh, last year's numbers this year because it really was a very special year. It doesn't mean that a lot of these guys uh, won't contribute. One of the guys that you didn't mention, who I actually like a lot, is your guy in Philly, is Nelson Aguilar. I think might have a really nice year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there's definitely guys out there that can produce. That's, there's no question. There are definitely guys out there that can produce to see these, you know, you know, these 120 target, 140 target rookies. It can happen again. I, I don't think it's going to be quite as exciting as last year. I mean, cause not only was the production high last year, but the individual things like you think of like the individual catches that you saw a thousand times from Odell Beckham Jr. and other, other receivers. And if Sam Watkins stayed healthy, he would have had a, uh, a very good year if he had a better quarterback or both. <laughs> kind of got downgraded on the on the quarterback position this year too, which is like uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Really, I mean, there is there is no quarterback in Buffalo, so I, I would take Kyle Orton over all that. I would take retired Kyle Orton over anything they're going to put on the field. Does that worry you at all uh, with Watkins this year? Yeah, uh, you know, a little bit. I mean, sure, I, I, I suspect it's going to be EJ Manuel, and with a little time, maybe he'll get better. But look, they've got. They've got Rex Ryan there. He's not going to be throwing the ball as much. I do have to downgrade Sammy Watkins a bit just because I don't even think he cares who's playing quarterback. <laughs> he didn't seem to care in New York. In New York so uh, I suspect they're just going to run the ball. He said that they intended to run the ball, you know, uh, 400 times, 500 times, you know, in that they're going to give uh, LaShawn McCoy more carries than he's ever had, which, you know, bodes well for him if he can, you know, survive it. But I, I have no good feeling about the about the quarterback, the offensive quarterback playing Buffalo. Yeah, and it's uh, I, I I will say this about all the rookie wide receivers this year: get your popcorn ready because I think we're going to see I think we're going to see it uh, uh, again, and it's not going to be even it'll be <laughs> I, it, it's going to be the same. I, I just with with Cooper, and I don't think Aguilar is going to come out blazing right away. I actually think he doesn't even start week one. And I know me and James have, have talked about that. Uh, and Brandon and all those guys have talked about that. Maybe he doesn't start week one. I think he naturally just kind of has that same kind of uptick as uh, Jordan Matthews did last year. And that'll be something we can talk about on the next one because we're, I think we're going to go back and forth on on uh, exactly where he's going to fit at the end of the year. But yeah, man, I, I think these guys are pro-ready. And without a doubt, it, we, I think we can put all the chips on Amari Cooper. I think that guy was ready to play football out of the womb. So um, he he's he's somebody that I think is could really have that type of a year. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see. The exciting part is, is the guessing and then going back and see how wrong we were because obviously we're never wrong right here on, uh, on uh, This Week in Fantasy. But... Uh, guys, just uh, you know, final thoughts as we're rolling out here, James. We're just going to keep it nice and light, and uh, hopefully get to some, uh, you know, more intense fantasy football talks as the uh, season rolls on here. But uh, final thoughts from you, James. Football. <laughs> and Tone, any final thoughts from you, bud? Joseph Randall averaged six point seven yards per carry. <laughs> oh, he bought into it. Oh, good lord, baby Jesus, he bought into it. Tony doesn't know yet. Oh, Tony doesn't know. And we don't have time to debate it, but we'll, we'll definitely get into uh, more running backs, more stuff right here. On this all about that O-line. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, all that and more right here on This Week in Fantasy, right here on BGN Radio and LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.